What up, motherfuckers? How long gone in the building? <laughs> Recording live from Nolita. Uh, NYC, baby. We're in the fucking building. A couple days off on the How Long Gone Twisted Road Show. Jason and I are recuperating. Me and my beautiful East Village abode. Jason and his favorite um, tiny hotel room in the Torch neighborhood of Nolita. Wait, you think, you think Nolita is torched? It's confirmed torched. Doesn't mean I don't like it though. Okay, so what? So torched means it's bad. It's been fucked. It's been fucked to oblivion. It's been so ran out and it's done. It's scorched earth. Nothing but liquid magma and black charred remains. So what is the what is the cool? Un, what is the opposite of a? There's not one. A torched. There's not a torched neighbor. An untorched neighborhood would be like the hottest Upper East Side. Coolest Upper East, Upper East Side probably. What what are what are all the kids doing in the Upper East Side? Like where are the spots? Uh, they're going to Columbia University. Okay, I'm not talking about college students. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, talking I'm about sorry. like the cool. I'm talking about like the cool I'm, kids. I'm kid- you know? None of them live up there. That's why the neighborhood is actually probably good because you're not surrounded by, oh, by boneheads. Okay. But I know you you love the the smell of Santal 33. You love the taste of a Prince Street grandma slice. You tap in with the homies for a coffee at the ALD store. It's your neighborhood, bro, and I'm I'm glad that I'm, you're there. You just named all those places, and I've never been to any of those places. Bitch, that is a lie. All those places, yeah, maybe I have. I've lived in New well, York. I've never been. Okay, well, you just said you just said okay. The Santal Thirty Three. I've never purchased that. I haven't either. Or been into a store that has it. Okay, you have but been into a Lala- know, You've been into a Lalabo store before. I don't even know what that smells like, and people will make jokes about it, like it's the scent that we're supposed to make fun of because it's so basic. I've never even smelled it. That's how cool I am. So the next place is the <laughs> is the um, Amin uh, Am Amin de Leone clothing store. That was the next thing on your list. Well, I right? thought you were maybe getting one of your little cortados from there, just on your stroll. Okay, so they sell coffee and and matcha and stuff too. Is that a place that you've been to before? I have been there before. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then the other one that you mentioned was what was the last thing? Print, you said Prince Street Pizza. Prince Street Pizza. Prince Street Pizza. I've never been there before. I think you probably have not been either, right? I have not. I have not been there. I don't support racist pizzerias. Neither do I. Neither do I. What those guys said on that on that Vine compilation. <laughs> You know what? That Vine compilation really rubbed me the wrong way. If I if I have to if I have to say, you know how the Italians can be. What's going over? What's going on over there uh, in, in Nolita? Is, is there? I saw a unicycler in Nolita, the coolest, hottest neighborhood <laughs> where nothing but hotties are walking around. You know this? I have a friend. Uh, he's a photographer, Jeff Henriksen. I've heard of he Jeff. He actually Henriksen. lives right around here, and he will. I'll see him at the local. You know, the local coffee shop, the local park. You know, maybe his little baby will be playing around in the park. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Do you think? Do you think he's a torched, torched neighborhood kind of guy? Maybe he needs to step. Well, I mean, maybe him and his partner need to step their money up so they can afford to live in a nicer <laughs> a, neighborhood. But that's not what you you're, you're you're taking it the wrong way. It's not that it's not nice. That's not the issue. The apartments are probably quite nice if you have the right kind of scratch. So you're saying it can be torched and nice? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. The vibe can be torched, but the buildings can be. I'm not talking about pre-war architecture, Jason. That's not what. That's not an area of expertise for me. I can only I can only speak on vibes, bro. And I know you- maybe. Well, the thing about Noli it's a gateway to dime square which is a neighborhood where there's a lot of cool stuff going on down there i would say chinatown is actually the gateway to dime square but sure well you know chinatown it's on my backyard 
over here in Nolita. Did you go to Ruby's for a burger, maybe? Because I know you love the Australian kind of, you know, that that vibe. No. I walked by it yesterday, and it was pretty busy, but I don't know what Ruby's is. They have they got Australian burgers. Olsey Burgers. It's one of the old school worst restaurants in that neighborhood that I'm also <laughs> proud to say I've never been there before. Okay. I have never been to Ruby's, and I, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that. But... I, Ruby Rosa is a great no leader restaurant that used to be like a hot spot and you couldn't get a table, but the pizza is very good actually and kind of slept on. You sure about that, Chris? You sure about that? I mean, I'm from Glendale and even I know that Ruby Rosa is for losers. No, no, it's wrong. Loser. Well, it's, it's, it's what happened was, and I, I this is, it's wrong, Jason. Probably good, it's wrong. Good for business, bad for, bad for me, but it's, it's become one of those. I think it somehow became like the highest rated Italian restaurant on like Yelp. <laughs> So it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. slammed all the time when it's when it's like it used to be like a cool guy thing because the guy the guy that mm-hmm. ran the door at the Beatrice owned it owns it mm, yeah so it yeah. was like it became that but it's you know I mean look I want I I'm happy that you have settled in your little neighborhood and you go get your little coffee and and your homemade almond milk. You know, and you can check in with all. No, yeah, that's what they have over at Integral. I'm drinking. I'm drinking whole milk flat flatties, flat whites from <laughs> from Integral. First, I'll wait. So what happened? They wake up. They open at eight a.m., which I know you don't like, and I don't really like either. So I'll I'll wake up at like whenever I wake up seven. Who knows what time it is? And then I have to kind of. You know, just putts around. You know, do push ups until eight, and then my alarm goes <laughs> off. Ping. And then it's like, oh, I can finally go get my Java, and it is. And then I just get a large black drip. Oh, it, so and you, then I go back to my hotel room, and then I start just just ripping emails, sucking that black coffee down. I like. And then this is, this is wouldn't sick. you know, it's time to re up. Damn. So you're saying, and then I go get you, a flat. You suck the bean down so fast, and you're jacked, but then you go back for a, another round. Yeah. I mean, tr- trust me. If it was, if I, if I had like a way to heat up my mud, I would just order two coffees. Uh, ordering two coffees and just sitting one on the counter and then putting it in the in the <laughs> microwave is a pretty cool style, and that does feel very TJ. Yeah, it is a pretty cool style. I mean, yeah, you you rarely touch on that but thank god when it comes to the bean you're an expert Mm -hmm. i guess we should speaking of the bean jason okay how good is it how good does it feel to not be in boston right now you know it feels good it's it's so this is probably the weirdest trip that i've ever had in new york like i'm I'm truly doing nothing it's like so funny to just go to new york city just the hub of international flavor (laughs) and to do literally jack shit like yesterday when we flew in I was hungover. I, I was I was sleep deprived. You know, I, I took a nap, ate a sweet green, talked to Bay on the phone, did a little work, but I, you know, I just didn't do nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, you what? did very little. You did very little work. I did notice that, but I understand mm-hmm. you were hungover, and I did make you get up early. But you were able to get into your room, right? I was able to get into my room. Luckily, I'm a VIP here. In I would have heard of because I, I, I. The only reason I assumed that is because I know I would have heard some text complaining from you if that wasn't the case. Chris, yeah, since Chris is sober <laughs> and has like all these, you know, neurological disorders, <laughs> he's like, all right, so we're going to be in Boston, big drink in town. We have a show there. You know, we'll probably do the show, do a little fan meet and greet. You know, by the time we get back, put a little you know put a, a lobster roll in our gullet 
I'll go to bed about 1 a.m. Let's go ahead and we'll do maybe we can wake up at 5. Bro, I'm um, sorry. I'm a, built for a 6 a.m. lobby call. I'm built for the road, bro. I want to get out of Boston. There's no reason to be in Boston for one more second. Why would I wait till noon? So I got I got I got four hours of sleep. I woke up still drunk. So did I. And then it's like, oh great. I didn't wake up drunk, but I didn't sleep good. And I was like, luckily I will be able to land in New York at 10 a.m. Chris can go into his apartment in a less desirable part of town. <laughs> And then, I can, and then I can go show up at my hotel where I'll only have to wait four hours before uh, my room is ready. Actually, 3 p.m., so that'd be five hours. But luckily, the luckily I didn't have to sleep on the chair like a unhoused person in the lobby. Thank God that the budget Nolition takes care of their VIPs. And I'm glad that you're able to get your little nap on. I was able to come back, do hours of work, have a coffee, hit a weird 420 berries. And then go to bed at 9 p.m. And I mean, I'm, I can tell you're feeling refreshed, though, TJ. But you also have to live a life of sobriety. So at what cost, you know? Look, my life is, look, my life is fucking terrible, and I don't need you to remind me, okay? Look, I, I, I know that not being able to drink life is a movie with you backstage. <laughs> and it's rated as bad as the, uh, yeah. the, the kings of Newark. I got a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Thank God we're going to another dump tomorrow, Philadelphia. Jason uh, is is riding his fixie there. I'm taking the Acela. Uh, John Carmonica from the New York Times is joining us. Rebounder is joining us. And I feel like Jason, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do you have the feeling in your gut that this one's going to get a little rowdy? Yeah, you know how Philly does on Wednesdays? Mm-hmm. Atlanta, great, great show. Amazing energy. It was our first night. It was a hot summer Friday night. You know, the spirit's in the air. There's nothing else to do in that town, so... Things were really going. Uh, Boston, you know, it was a little bit of a rainy Sunday. So it was a little bit more of a tough putt to get the, um, you know, the, the juices flowing. But it was still a great a great show, and people seemed to like it, thank God. But Philly on a Wednesday, it's going to go down, bro. It's going to go fucking down. Thank you to everybody who came to Boston. Thank you for, to Nomi Fry for uh, making the trip. Uh, thank you to Rebounder. Thank you to friend of the show Maggie Rogers for for showing up and um, and, oh, yeah. and showing showing Maggie Rogers is there showing her support um, because like I said we we kind of we we tend to rub elbows with kind of the creme de la creme even in Boston where that doesn't really exist. Um, so Larry Bird wasn't Larry Bird wasn't available to come to the show, but Maggie Rogers was, and and I'm glad that she was able to make it. The only the only creme you can find in Boston is the half and half at Dunkin's. <laughs> oh man yeah but anyway the northeast is beautiful it's a nice overcast fall day i'm honestly kind of feeling these these cozy vibes jason i don't know if you are bitch it's cozy vibes only i'm i'm wearing i still can't put on pants unfortunately shorts are are the move but it feels it feels like i'm pushing it a little bit but i'm going to continue to do that what do you mean you can't wear pants i just because you're my quads are too big you can buy like athletic cut pants at some of the different stores i know that you like levi's (laughs) you can get a pair i know you i I know you like the bonobo style pants for your large tush what is uh what does that mean chris what is the bonobo style cut of a pants? well bono i think bonobos makes pants for thicker fellas well how do you know that chris how do you know that because i know somebody who works there i don't know why i feel like putting you on blast today chris i'm sorry we need to do a cultural reset no you can put me on blast all you want because i know i'm better than you uh we do have a guest today and i'm a big fan jason yeah we got kevin motherfucking morbid today the guy's got honey in his voice at all times. This motherfucker. He's a great songwriter, great singer. I might make this motherfucker show me his Telecaster when he comes on camera just to make sure he's got one. 
You know what I mean? I'm not above is that it. A euphemism, Chris? No, that's not. I don't want to see his hog. I want to see the telly. You Let's know what I mean? Telly, yeah. I want to see the telly. Well, he's uh, he's booed up with another Chris favorite, Waxahachie. It's true, yeah. Now, and he's got hella records. Uh, Sundowner uh, came out recently-ish. I really rinsed it in the car. Uh, I rent City Music as well. I missed Oh My God somehow, but we can ask about that. Uh, let's give um, let's give Morby a jingle. Um, first of all, where the fuck are you in a bomb shelter? I'm in a bomb shelter, man, in, in the Midwest. <laughs> I had this built last year. When Chris asked that, it's, it, I think it was a joke, but I think your, your reply was, was for real. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm 30 feet deep. I'm 30 feet deep right now. <laughs> what kind of, so, what kind of uh, non perishables do you have down there with you? Just a bunch of V8s, spicy V8s in the. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shit, bro. Just spicy V8s. Yeah, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm surviving out here. Bro, it's packed full of vitamins and minerals, so I get it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's, it's good for the tummy. No, so is this this looks like some sort of studio that you've crafted for yourself. Yeah, you're you're in the back shed. You're in uh we call it the little Los Angeles studios. It's that's where you're at right now. Okay, this is oh, okay, this is a little more vibey than I thought. You were giving us a shit angle. I saw a twelve string in the back. You know I'm a big twelve string guy. Yeah, we got a couple twelve strings. We got a Dan Electro twelve string and we got a uh we got some sort of Frankenstein. Damn, don't flex. <laughs> Kevin, that's way too many strings. Come on, bro. That's 24. That's 24 strings. No, you don't have a fucking tell. You, did you sell your Telecasters because they got too poppin'? They got too poppin'. You know what's funny is I've, they've really been on my mind. I like, really need a Telecaster, and I want a GNL. Are you, do you know about GNL? No, bro, I don't, I don't know about gear like that. I just know that Telecaster is the cool guitar that all my heroes play. Who are your heroes? Uh, basically... Ta- basically guys that play guitar that are better looking than me so evan dando <laughs> tom petty jason who are my other heroes Evan dando. Jo- johnny marr who else johnny marr does not play a telecaster he seems like a jaguar guy Ooh, on blast i don't know anything about guitars to be honest with you but i feel like so what is a what is a gnl what's a gnl telecaster i've heard of a gnr telecaster those guys rock a gnl it's the company that leo fender started after fender after fender cut too big and sort of got away from him he started gnl mm. and he started to make them in like the 80s and uh a lot of people say it's basically like a better a better crafted fender and those Telecasters are great. And I've been meaning to get one. I don't have a Telecaster. There's no Telecaster. Between Katie and I, no Telecaster, but tons of guitars. And um, I need one of those. I need one of those bad boys. Sounds pricey. So that's kind of like when, when Harry Styles left One Direction. Same kind of vibe. They, yes. Some of that solo stuff might even be better than the original shit. Yes, absolutely. And they're actually cheaper. They're cheaper. Wow. Jason, thank you for putting that into terms that I understood because I was a little lost. Morby took me down a trail that I didn't understand, <laughs> but then... When you brought it back to Harry, I was like, yeah, Kevin, if you got some downtime, you should maybe try to play in Harry's band. He's doing pretty well, man. I don't know what you're up to, but... I've been seeing clips. I've been seeing clips. We got Miss Jenny Lewis is opening his shows. They look great. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think he I think he did. I, I Somebody tweeted yesterday that security at MSG was complaining about the amount of boas that they had to clean up after the show from the fans. Boa constrictors? No, no, no. <laughs> I think like the feather, the feather boa. A feather boa. They had to call animal control. Yeah. They, they imagine if, it. imagine if snakes were someone's thing, and so people brought live live snakes to a concert. Yeah, you know how like every pop star, like their fan base has a nickname, like the the barbs or you know the some the the hive whatever. Mm-hmm. There's got to be someone the snakes. Maybe it could be you, Kev. Maybe it could be me. Snakes assemble. You kill the snakes at the show. You got to kill a snake on set. That, baby our fans call themselves goners like the record label oh nice interesting i wonder if the record label the memphis record label gets upset about by that no oh, they're pissed we've kind of taken over there every other phone fu- every other time my phone rings it's those guys 
They're crawling up my ass. <laughs> Season assist. What's the thing? I mean, now you guys are you you guys are going out on the road now. You're taking the how how does one do a podcast on the road? We're on the road as we speak, bro. And I know you're a longtime road dog. I'm a road dog. I mean, I can see you, Chris, but I can't see Jason. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, he does this. <laughs> I'm I'm recording I'm recording the whole thing on my end as a backup. Okay, and I'm in a, a ho- I'm in a hotel that has like kind of shitty Wi-Fi, so I'm trying to preserve the recording quality just in case. Nice, nice. I'm ass naked right now as well, so <laughs> you know. So you're on the road. So Jason's in a hotel with bad Wi-Fi, and Chris, where are you? Like Airbnb? I see art. On I'm in my apartment. Like I I have an apartment in New York, and Jason doesn't. But we're taking a break between Boston. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's he's poor. I felt a little felt a little loaded. Didn't he's I, poor. I, I mean, we split this money evenly, but unfortunately, there's some other investments that I have. Jason's more like a risky real estate guy, and it hasn't really panned out for him yet. But you know, we'll see. I see. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is very rich. He has two very nice homes that he owns. And <laughs> wow. One one day I will be there. One day I, will I be have there two on, apartments. On I have two apartments that I rent. I also lease a car, so I'm I'm. It's going pretty good for me. You know what I mean? I eat out every night. Good, congrats, Chris. Thank you. One <laughs> of them almost. One of them has furniture in it too. So we're 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 we had a day off between. But we had two days off between our Boston show and our Philadelphia show. So we came to New York because I don't want to be in Boston or Philadelphia at all. So I, I, you know, if, if I can avoid it, I will. Well, you know, now there's that big Yankees, uh, Red Sox wildcard game. So it's, it's good. You're not in Boston. Give me bloodshed. Are you fucking serious, dude? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Wait, is that when is that game today? It's today. Yeah, it's tonight. Oh, brother. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Jason, we were, we were in, yeah. we were in Boston for Tom, tom brady's return oh wow and i think that affected our ticket sales <laughs> where'd you play in boston we played the brighton music hall i'm sure you've played there before yes i play play is a loose term for you guys what do you what do you do you're you're up bro there. don't bro don't come on our podcast and throw shots bro we're performers what do you do yeah so we we do exactly what the three of us are doing right now <laughs> except i drink tequila during the whole time and i'm wearing a suit with like a random guest with like an audience member no 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 no. we don't we try to act like the audience isn't there we bring or guests. sometimes we have no guests. we'll bring a guest like in in boston uh it was uh our friend nomi fry who's like a new yorker writer cool. Um, but we also have a band play. So you're getting your real $25 ticket price. You know what I mean? I like it. I like it. And the reason why the ticket price is so high, it's COVID. It's crazy out there. I feel like the uh, being on the road is like the Wild West. You don't know if you're going to complete the tour or if, you know, the drummer's well, going to have we're to completing stay in the tour. We're completing the tour because we don't care. Um, but there are people okay. that maybe would be in your in your similar have your similar outlook on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, we're not testing anyone <laughs> or even ourselves. It's because if if you test yourself and it comes up negative, that's gonna fuck up the tour. You know? Exactly, so it's gonna fuck up the tour. I if mean, you get if you get COVID, you gotta we'll just figure it out later. You know that was yeah it was Trump's philosophy last year. You know the test <laughs> numbers can only go up. I just got a COVID test because I I start rehearsals. Oh wow! Look, there's just a big spider on this hat of mine. Um, uh oh! But uh, that's a lyric right there, bro. That's a lyric. <laughs> yeah, Write so it down. In the Put studio. it in the notes app. Put it in the notes app. <laughs> I, I'm I'm recording this. I'm recording this. So we got it. We got it. <laughs> um, I just got a COVID test. I just got a P- PCR test. I've been. I w- just got back from playing a few shows. So I've been tested like three times in the past couple of days. Hold on, I- hold on. They 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 have PCR tests in the Midwest. <laughs> oh come on, Chris. It's nice. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I didn't know they had that there. You know, the, there's some turnaround time for the PCR, so I got to get it now mm-hmm. so I can prove in three days that I was uh, I didn't have COVID today. Uh, <laughs> <And> <laughs> then I can get in a room with my band and, and rehearse. So, yeah, what, what, 
How thick is the band looking for this run, bro? We got like we got pedal steel. We got what do we got? How many guys are we looking at? <laughs> How many chances to get COVID do you have? <laughs> I, I, we got like five or six chances. It's a big band, Hamilton Lighthouser. It's a co-headline tour with the Hamilton Lighthouser, my good bud, and we're sharing Friend a band. Of the show. Friend, he was on the show. Yeah, yeah, he was a guest on the show early days. He's the best. He's a he's an amazing person to have a conversation with. I I, I have to listen at that. Uh, yeah, he's show. great. Big fan. I'm a big fan. Me too. And so we're sharing a band. It's like a five or six piece. We're taking a bus out, sharing a bus, and doing the whole thing. I think the bus will be good in COVID times because it's like a you know. It's your little uh, bubble. It's a quarantine pod. It's a quarantine pod. But it also means if one person gets it, we're all we're all fucked. Look, I don't want to I don't want to be the one to break the news to you, Kev, but you're probably gonna get COVID on this tour. So I hope the guarantees are looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope we get to that break even, you know, that break even <laughs> point before uh the tour sinks like a ship. Now you sound like me. Now you sound like me talking to Jason every night. Look, as long as we break even, bro, this is gonna be worth it. I didn't need to stay in the four seasons, but it, I like I like to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. <laughs> I like to be comfortable. If I got a night off in Boston, I'm going back to my apartment in New York. Exactly. Thank you. See, yeah, he's always just like Jason. Jason, do you do you need the respirator? Because like we're almost at the break even point, and I'm like I can. Well, I'll walk it off. I'll kind of yeah. stick it out. I'm I a trooper. So you got to be a trooper on tour, Kevin. You know that. You know yeah, that. absolutely, man. The greater good. The greater. I good. feel like you've done a lot of shitty tours, man. I feel like you've done like a Honda Civic tour all the way up to a bus. I've done a yeah, absolutely. I've done a lot of shitty tours in the beginning, but you know, I was young enough at the start that they didn't seem shitty. They seemed like vacation. They seemed fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the sort of things that if I look back now, I'm like, that's that's crazy that I you know I was paying to do them. Really, I would I would work to save up money to then be able to go out and tour and tour in my mind was like, Oh, I, I saved up 600 bucks. I can go out and like have this fun tour. I have $600 to spend and <laughs> you know, I lose a bunch of money, but it's funny now, whatever <laughs> level, whatever, like, you know, B list of indie celebrity that I'm at. Um, there's a lot of people under me who, who like to, who like to, you know, say, Oh, Kevin Morby, you know, he, that guy, you know, he just, he likes to price line and he, you know, he likes to get in a hot tub and they don't, they're not aware that, you know, for a long time, a long time I was out there roughing it, you know, Kevin Morby, this guy likes to price price line and hit the hot tub. That's what these guys are saying about you. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. So what you're saying is, um, what, what, yeah, what's that symbol? It only took, it only took me 10 years to be an overnight success. That's what you tell those fucking pussies, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I told him. Kevin, he yeah, he came up out of the mud. I came up out of the mud, man. Where are you? Are you from? Are you from L.A. or where are you from? I'm from Kansas. I'm from I'm from the Midwest. I grew up in Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, and I lived I lived in New York for a long time in L.A. for a long time, but I moved back. I don't know, but I felt like when your star was really rising, I equated you as like an L.A. cat. Yeah, I was L.A. then. When my star was ascending, I was I was certainly out there, and I'd get a lot of like Los Angeles troubadour singer songwriter Kevin Morby, the, the voice of Laurel Canyon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the new Laurel Canyon, mm -hmm. the poor man's Laurel Canyon, the Mount Washington. Oh, damn! Did you <laughs> yes, live in? Did you live? Yes. Where did you live in L.A.? Don't tell me Mount Washington. Mount Washington. Yeah, <laughs> Montecito Heights in Mount Washington. The cover of my record, Singing Saw. I'm in the the sort of like walking path of mount washington and that was kind of my that was my area from like 2013 to like 2017 when i moved away so you were in mount washington a little early it was just you and warheim back then right yeah and king tough he was my neighbor and oh we damn shout out to king tough the goat man i for wow i hadn't thought about him yeah. in a long time great records great records he's the best great records he's out there he's still um he's still in the same spot in mount washington um but yeah it was like a little bit before it seemed everyone was moving to la at that time when i moved there I was trying to get away from New York. I felt New York had gotten too, gotten too, uh, you know, 
popular. You were you were doing too much. You were doing too much coke. I get it. We've all been there. I was doing too much coke. I, for the record, have never done cocaine. Never done cocaine. Why are you a musician? What's the point of this, bro? What are you doing? (laughs) Do most people get into to music to do cocaine? I would say it's at least fifty percent. I think it's making art, quote unquote, (laughs) and then doing cocaine. If I, if I, I mean, I would think some people are into the music. Some people are in music, sure. But you are, aren't you? You're a big. Are you like a property owner type? Because you, you strike me as like you, you get in on the ground floor. Not in L.A. Certainly not in L.A., but in, in, in Kansas, yes. I, I do own a home here. I own this shed that I'm in right now. So this this shed that you live in, I, I'm guessing it's more affordable than, than the sheds in, in Mount Washington. Yes, it's insanely insane. I would say Mount Washington is 10 times more expensive. I, I own this house, and then uh, I, I own another house that my parents live in here. So I got two places, and I would say the two places combined are less than half of what one little shack in uh, Mount Washington would cost. Shit. And Mount Washington is where you live in LA when you when you don't have that much money as well. I mean, we're not even talking about Silver Lake prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, no, that's no shots. That's no shots. No, no shots. I also live in a developing neighborhood. Jason lives in Glendale, which is he's like kind of a suburban guy now, but it's really nice over there. I live in the Glendale of Kansas City is where I live. Or you know what it's like? It's more like the Pasadena. I live in like the downtown Pasadena to LA of Kansas City. Okay. So less Armenians. <laughs> yeah, just less Armenians. Same vibe. Lots of yards. Lots of yards. Lots of yards. That's so crazy. I mean, I, I think there's a real real estate boom going on over there. Kansas City, St. Louis, a lot of those places. There is. And you know. Is it, is it, is it, what is, what is, like are, are, do you have all your little things and places that you need? Like your creature comforts, your, your Whole Foods is and your it's all here. You know what else? Whatever shit you need. It's all, all here. I always say Kansas City is like just cool enough. It's you know when I left twelve years ago. What was great about Kansas City and growing up here was that it was a completely bombed out wonderland where you could throw warehouse parties and punk shows mm-hmm. and um you wouldn't get in trouble or anything like that. But moving back, I was like, oh wow, there's like now there's like two. There's kind of like two of everything. There's like two great record stores. There's two good ramen shops. There's two good you know whatever. There's there's like there's two of everything cool, and it kind of blows my mind. It's like that now. And everyone here complains about the prices going up, which they are because there is a real estate boom. But sure. I luckily have the sort of still L.A. and New York goggles on where everything yeah. just feels so cheap. You're, you're like, hey, where I'm from, we had ramen 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we- exactly. 10 years is really the sort of the thing with the Midwest. It's like every t- everything kind of hits. I remember Garage Rock when I was in like t- 2008. I was living in Brooklyn. Garage Rock was huge. And then... I'd come back here and no one listened to those bands, but then like 2018, everyone's like starting these garage rock bands. And I was like, wow, it's really a 10 year delay. I don't. So did you feel called to return to the Midwest, like the, the prodigal son returning home? Or was it like, I need to get a barn? Like, what's the vibe here? Cause I, I don't, I could never live in a tertiary market. <laughs> so I don't understand where you're coming from, Kevin. He may have, he may have had an out, outstanding court date that he had to attend <laughs> yeah. to. And then he fell in love with that fair city all over. I don't again. even know what tertiary means. Number one. Well, well, it means it means all the pl- it means the cities that aren't New York and L.A. So you know it's where you're going to be playing right. on this tour, and it's where Jason and I unfortunately are also playing on our tour, like like a like a second or third tier city, you know, like I mean? a B, like a, yeah, your B, your B's and C cities, yeah, B market, B bingo, market, bingo. as your agent at William Morris probably tells you on the phone. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, uh, ooh, Kevy Lecky. <laughs> 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 uh, I think um I think the you know I didn't mean to move back as hard as I did. I I just started dating my girlfriend at the time who was living in Philly and I was living in LA and I had bought this house and I was renting out to a friend and he had to move out. So it was one of those things of like 
okay, I'm living in LA. At the time, I had like a roommate, and it was like a tiny place in Mount Washington. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and like sort of tend to this house that I own. I think that's what I need to do as a responsible homeowner. And I got here for like three months, and then I actually I just liked it a lot. And I don't like it's very it's just it's just like a clean sl- it's a soft landing here. You know, I don't think I could live mm-hmm. here if I was here full time and had to wake up and go to a job and things like that. But living the life that I live. It's a very nice place to leave and then both both leave and then also come home to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a good place. It's a it's I feel calm when I'm here. I can achieve some sense of peace, which I which I like after my chaotic life on the road. That is nice. I you know, we were just in Atlanta where I'm from, which is also exploded now, and I could never live there again. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't feel calm at all. I feel bored. <laughs> yeah, how does a town <laughs> explode while still being boring? You know, that's what I Yeah, that's a You don't a good even question. do you even have a sweet green? Atlanta's got a sweet green. So I don't even know what you're like how you're kind of getting by. We <laughs> We got to make our own sweet greens, man. We just got to go. We got to prepare it ourselves. You, but you can afford to. If you live in Kansas City, exactly. you can just go to Home Depot, buy all the materials <laughs> you need. You can get after it, <laughs> and probably a, as a weekend project, and just build a sweet green for half the <laughs> half the price of one salad. Exactly. I love this fucking town, baby. <laughs> I was thinking you guys had to pull out the old F one fifty and go to the farmers market, but Jason's taking it a step further. You're literally building your own salad restaurant because it's so cheap. <laughs> it's so cheap mm-hmm. to live in there. our house yeah exactly yeah you can you can buy the you can buy the plans like the blueprints on how to do it it's an nft you can just go to sweetgreen.com it's just an nft and then you can just build it. it's all open source we got digital sweet greens all over the fucking yard um but yeah there's plenty to get us by you know we just the, the, there's plenty to get us by out here well if she was look you know. if she was living in philadelphia which is a that's the dump we have to go to tomorrow i mean look i maybe this is maybe this is the best thing you could have done maybe it's like fuck it let's just you know like we'll meet in the middle because long distance is hard i i know how it is and it's just like you know let's meet in the middle and it's and it's basically free you know what the thing it's it's interesting because at the beginning of 2020 we were like let's get an apartment in la and split our time and then the quarantine hit and we ended up loving it here it, it had this weird opposite effect where i think we're just very grateful to this place having spent that time here and you know especially at the beginning like we didn't have to wait in lines at grocery stores or yeah. anything like that mm-hmm. and, um it's pretty calm but uh but yeah it's nice i mean again i just went out for two weeks and it's kind of my my second trip since the world is you know stumbling back but I went out and I was so happy to get home and I'm leaving again on Friday and I'm glad. I can't imagine going anywhere else in my time off. Because when I go to LA and especially a place like New York, I don't, the, the sort of like, the, the party never stops. I'll just, I have a hard time saying no um, ex- unless it's to cocaine. I was about to say, um, this sounds like so, a, this sounds like an interesting story. I know you're puffing on Bud. I, I've listened to the records, but man, I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Kevin um, and I, we're more of a downer guy. It's it's kind of sexier that way, more <laughs> yeah, romantic. Sundowner, there you go. Sundowner. <laughs> get those get those York thirties popping, baby. <laughs> I have smoked weed. If you want to know more about me, I've smoked weed maybe eight times in my life, and I've had maybe twelve cups of coffee. Though I am having some, I'm enjoying some iced tea right now. Bro, you're a, you're a fucking freak, man. So you're telling me what are you doing then? Just having some hazy IPAs? No, no way, man. Those are like bee stings. I have like <laughs> I have like uh, you know some. I have That's like, literally what the what it's called. <laughs> Some like Miller Lite. Yeah, exactly. Bee sting, peanut butter stout. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's 12.9. Watch. <laughs> hold on to your hat. You're sipping on that bee sting, peanut butter stout, brother. For a long time, for a long time, it was it was just cigarettes, cigarettes and light beer. Now it's just the light beer. Now it's that's all I can all I can really take. Damn, so man. no vices for the God. What is it? 
Anime? You got you an anime? Guy? You can't be an anime guy. It's anime. <laughs> anime all the way. It's man. anime. <laughs> you got what about you a crypto guy? You doing some? You do got some high octane sports betting? No crypto. You know, how do you how do you keep how do you keep that dick hard, Kevin? I think you know I've listened to you guys' podcast. I listened to the one with Waves. And I listened to the <laughs> Faye Webster. I know. You know, you're all about the running for the mental. I, 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 running's a big thing for me. Oh, what, what kind of, okay. are we doing distance? Are we doing interval sprints? Are you wearing Brooks, New Balance, Nike? I mean, Hoka, Newton? What are we talking about? I got Hoka's if I'm on like a nice walk, but if I'm running, I got some Nike Pegasus. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Pegasus gang. I fuck with those, bro. I'll wear Hoka's if I'm going on a little walk. You know, maybe my grandma wants to go. You know, feed the ducks at the pond. I'll wear my hocus, but exactly, a real man runs in a pair of peggies. What kind of mileage? What kind of mileage are you doing? I'm not putting up any crazy numbers. You know, I'm doing like last year. I feel like when the running was more like fear based, it was just you had to do something <laughs> and you couldn't see anyone. And yeah, you would you know, there's Trump and you know, pre vaccine and all that. I was doing. I was getting up to like seven miles here and there. But that's real shit. That's at real least shit. three every other day. But then I started playing a lot of tennis. And oh, now I find interesting. that the tennis, the tennis takes the legs out. And so I kind of got to choose my battles, you know, like this week I'm playing a lot of tennis. Kevin, Kevin, funny you say that. You don't have a funny story about you, right? It, it involves tennis. It involves tennis. I played tennis next to you at Riverside and made a joke on Twitter. Like I was playing tennis next to some motherfucker that looked like Kevin Morby. And I, I like made a joke that it looked like you. And then. The girl you were playing with was like, bitch, that was him. And I was with him. Well, why wouldn't you just come say hello? Well, because I, I, cause I was, I'm not going to, I'm not going to greet. I'm not going to interrupt. I, I take my sports very seriously. Clearly you don't. That's a good question, Kevin Morby. That's a very good question. Here in Kansas, <laughs> we would, we, if we saw someone we knew on the court next to us, we would say hello. I, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't know you. And I also didn't think it was actually, like I didn't think it was actually me, you. And then whoever you played with, I was, I, I think I made a joke about like, that you guys look like bartenders and she was like well that was actually kevin morby and i'm i and we didn't he i am a bartender or something was the was the was the joke it was really funny That's really f- natalie man shout out to natalie i told her i was gonna be on this podcast uh yeah you know i it's funny we're you know in tennis you're always thinking like is someone watching my game mm-hmm. is someone can, i was can, is someone gonna see how good or how bad I am. And I remember you there, and I remember some balls going over in your court. I remember you coming back. I wish you would have said hello, you know? Well, I mean, Kevin, I can't, you know, I don't approach celebrities like that. I know you kind of want to be left alone when you're in public, you know, like you're, you're kind of trying to get some exercise, like not today, I'm with my family kind of vibe. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't interrupt you. I'll return the balls nicely because there were some errant shots that did make it into our court. And that, that's not necessarily a reflection <laughs> on your game. We all have bad days. We all have bad days. No judgment. No judgment, no judgment, man. I respect that. You know, it's a funny thing with like the Twitter after the fact. There's been a few times in my life when people like a couple years ago, I was in Chicago and I was uh, I was buying a jacket. I went to Chicago and it was much colder than I thought it was going to be. And the jacket I had was much too light. So Katie and I, we went into a, a clothing store near the hotel and there was this jacket for like $400 and I never spent that much on a jacket. And I was actually self-conscious about buying a jacket. That 400 Kevin, you're famous, bro. Spend a thousand. Come on, live a little. Well, you know fam. me, man. I came up in the Hondas, you know, on the, on the floor. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You're cheap. You're cheap like Jason and I respect it. Chris, he's got two mortgages to worry about, all right? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Go. 
This is so. This is like the Seinfeld episode where he buys the buys the, the suede jacket. Well, this is years ago. You know, this is like when I was first like I was first starting to make some money off music, and I was like, "Fuck, I guess I could have afford this four hundred dollar jacket." But I've I've never bought anything that that mm-hmm. that expensive yeah. that I'd wear on my body. And Katie's like, "Just do it. You can afford it. You can do it." So I bought it, and then it's like I put it on and I leave the store, and it's like. LOL at Kevin Morby just buys $400 jacket from the girl who rung me up. This girl like no. this girl rang me up and then blew me up on Twitter. So that's fine. That's fine. Well, I know you think that, Chris. That's your style. <laughs> that is my style. Thank I would get that bitch fired. That's you. I would get her fired. Yeah. That's that's yeah, patient that's- client agreement has been breached katie was pissed katie was like i'm gonna go back in there tomorrow if she's in there i'm gonna say something katie katie seriously katie was like i was in head-to-toe gucci and she didn't even fucking notice me i this is unbelievable this is this is i'm gonna go (laughs) in there and get her fired and then there's another time that i was this is a little bit different but i was at mohawk bend you guys know mohawk bend and uh i was going through some relationship troubles this years ago pre-katie and i was telling my friend all about it and oh was, shit you know it's, oh, they shit. cram no. you in there they yeah, cram no, you in there at i was telling my friend all about it and um i leave the restaurant and it wasn't on twitter but a friend of mine texted me and he was like lol it's always like an lol you know <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like lol my friend who's a huge fan of yours was sitting next to you and heard all about your relationship problems bro People Damn, need to bro. have some decorum, you know, like someone like me, where I say it looked like you, but don't don't confirm that it was you. Do you remember what restaurant this was at? You said Mohawk Bend. Mohawk Bend, yeah. Oh, Mohawk Bend. Oh, yeah. Well, there's your. That's your fault for going to that shithole. But I mean, that's you know. true. That is true. Just kidding. Not kidding. It's bad. But okay, so we were playing tennis next to one another. I would say that was the early days. Like I was getting super into tennis around that time, around January, February. I was living in L.A. for the winter, and. My game has certainly stepped up since then. Did you get a coach? I, you know what? I was taking a group class, but my my like thing on group classes is you're only as good as the worst player. You know, it's like yeah. kind of like driving. You're only as safe as the worst driver. It's kind of like that. These group classes. So I think my whole thing with tennis is if I'm playing someone who grew up playing, it's likely they're going to beat me. But if I'm playing someone who started playing around the, the same time as me. It's usually a pretty good match. Okay, um, mm-hmm. Chris, when when you were playing, it looked like you had a had a trainer. Is am I correct, Kevin? It's funny you say that. I always have a trainer because I take this shit seriously. No, that was my. I believe I was with my friend Jake, a friend of the show, who played in college and played growing up. He's kind of our de facto. Mm-hmm coach because he he basically is like you guys are all he seems better than you which is why well, i he, thought he was a coach. yeah 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 he he doesn't let me hit, i was watching you too he doesn't let me hit real balls you know what i mean like he's it's very serious with him which i appreciate the low compression yeah we hit the low compression we, we hit the green dots with jake you know what i mean you're lucky he didn't bring the ladder out that day he'll make us run some drills it's very <laughs> it's it's really serious it, but it makes you a better player jason jason owns a, a it's dem- it's demeaning but it gets a job jason done. owns a ball machine like we're serious i you know i'm serious too i want to be as serious as possible i i i love it it's really one of those things because running was a great thing to discover you know here in my early 30s because you know, the thing happens in your 20s, you can do absolutely whatever you want. You look amazing, you feel amazing, and you can just, you know, get as fucked up as you want and eat whatever you want. Typically, typically, yes. And then 30 hits, and you you start to be like, oh, no. Like, you start seeing photos of yourself. Kevin, version. you can't check Brooklyn Vegan the night after the show, bro. You know better than that. Come on, bro. <laughs> You're like, damn, bro, I, I look like that. Damn, oh, no. damn. Vegan, well, you know, I do. I do. You know, it's just in, it's there in my face whether I like it or not. And I started to see, you know, a lot was changing. So I started running. And then, like I was saying, when it became fear-based through the pandemic, I was running a lot. And I started looking good. I, 
I should send these photos to you guys, but there's like this before and after. I found a photo from last summer, uh, like peak COVID, and I'm just like in the best shape, and I'm really tan. I've got like a little beard. Mm -hmm. And then I looked one up from the year before, which was like arguably, you know, the peak of my career where I was like on a bus for the first time. I was selling out all these shows. And I look like someone beat the shit out of me. I look terrible. <laughs> I look so horrible. Yeah, man. Well, bro, you were because li- you're living the good life. You're drinking Miller Lite. You're eating steak dinners every night. You know, <laughs> you're you're hanging out with other celebs. They don't, it'll catch up with you. It'll catch up to you. This this was a this was a thing that I've I've been I was thinking about just earlier today as I was walking around NYC. <laughs> I was like, shit, man. Like, you know, we're we're on a tour. We're traveling. We're recording. We're working. We're doing all this stuff. There's there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff happening. And then I was thinking back to that same exact time period last year, you know, when COVID first hit and we were all just like, what the fuck's going on? And I didn't do anything except drink water and work out like a motherfucker every day. I would never, I've never been in better shape. I never looked better. Like people would stop me on the street to compliment me. They're like so proud of me. And I'm like, but then the other side of me is like, I'm on unemployment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with with the rest of my life. Like the world's falling you know, apart. Shit was bad. It's you had the time. And now that I'm making a lot of money, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm looking a little beat up. Yeah, you you don't look you don't look great, but you know it doesn't matter, Jason. It's okay. That's why I'm here. So you know, I was running, and it it felt running's one of those things that feels it kind of feels good during it, but it feels real good after. Yes. But tennis, I played sports all growing up. I loved sports. I was very athletic as a child, and so finding something like i always wanted to get back to that sort of childhood bliss of you're working out without even realizing it because you're having so much fun doing the thing that you're doing and that is tennis for me yeah so i love tennis i'm obsessed with this thing and i get tetris brain about it like when i'm going to sleep i'm like oh, i could hit the ball this way or what if i tried this or when my opponent is doing this what if i try this so i really love it and i've been watching a lot lately too and i actually got to go i saw the uh, i saw the u.s open finals uh, sort of on a whim you, you were you were there you were there irl you said irl i was i was in town for a wedding i landed like an hour before and i had this whole plan you know i landed at like three and the match was starting at four and then i figured hey i'm in i'm in new york city i bet someone's getting rid of a ticket and mm-hmm. within a few moments i had a ticket and i was on my way to uh arthur ash Wait, what do you mean? How did you have a ticket? Did you he 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 hop on Craigslist in the Uber over? Exactly, bada bing, bada bing. what I did. Or not even Craigslist. I just Googled, you know, U.S. Women's Final ticket, and within minutes I had one. I paid one hundred fifty dollars and I had one. Oh, you must you were in the nosebleeds. I thought you might have been in the Grey Goose box, but you were okay. So you just bought a ticket like a regular person. Yeah, I wasn't down there with like. The celebrities were funny. It was like the guy from American Pie was there that day. They had the camera on him for a while. Did you say, no, no, no. So you said celebrities. I haven't heard one yet. <laughs> Jason Biggs is, is we're, fam- we're more famous than him now. Bro. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. You're doing better than him. I was invited by Leo and Bradley Cooper, but unfortunately I was out of town. Um, and it's kind of a mess down there. You know what I mean? I didn't want to really get in the thick yeah. of it. You, didn't want you to don't deal with the traffic. Actually, I, I remember watching, I was actually in New York watching that same exact match in a, in a local brew zone and i remember watching um the match where with my girlfriend and the one where where bradley cooper and brad pitt were there and my girlfriend was like oh brad looks really good and i was like yeah fucking no shit he only gets more handsome by the day it's fucked up well i think it, you know i think i believe that brad pitt is sober and has been for a while now and i think that his that helps helped him a even though he blast hella sigs i think it still helps him you know agent agent (laughs) agent reverse i didn't know you were such an athlete usually guys that can play the guitar aren't too good 
you know, aren't too good at sports. So I'm interested. How did you, what did you play growing up? I played basketball and baseball. Baseball is really my main thing growing up. That was my, that was my passion. Up oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's, that I, makes sense. That's a fake sport. I mean, you don't have to really run. There's not a lot of running. There's not a lot of anything, you know, just timing. What position did you play? You a lefty, you a righty. I pitched. I was the pitcher. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. How's the, how's the elbow feeling right now? <laughs> The elbow's good. I mean, you know, I there was a about two decades there that I took off. You know, so good point. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know with the strumming, I'm, the vigorous, mm-hmm. you know, strumming and the baseball. <laughs> I thought maybe you had to have Johnny. Yeah, what's the surgery called? Tommy John surgery. Johnny, uh, Tom, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, yeah. No, no Tommy Johns yet. Thankfully, that's great. Tommy I, John surgery. Never heard of that before. So you get a ligament taken out of a different yeah. part of your body and put, you know, where your throwing oh, arm is. Okay. A lot of the greats have had it done. A lot of the greats. Good to know. Yeah, Jason, you'll you'll be fine. I think you could you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big. I got a lot of power in my lefty. I've never really run into any elbow issues like that. Knock on wood. As a pitcher, you never had to develop your hitting skills, right? Because that's not really what you guys are known for on the mound. No, when you're a youngster, when you're when you're like 12 years old playing, you're definitely swinging the bat. As yeah, a true, when you're, true. yeah, absolutely. When you're young, you want it all. You want it all. You're you're versatile. I I do go to the cages quite often. Not quite often, but I was going. On. King Tough. Speaking of, when I was living in Mount Washington, we would go. There was these um, cages in Pasadena, and we would go to these cages, and it was they had different names. And um, Kyle, as my witness, I broke Kofax, which was the eighty machine. So we're hitting eighty at the end of the summer. Started out forty. Let's fucking go. It's Serious. real, right? That's very it's pretty, real. Not yeah. bad. And I broke Kofax. It's kind of like the it's my claim to fame because I I hit it right back at the machine and it took the arm off. So that's that's my big uh, it's my big thing. Woo! Bro, you peaked you peaked <laughs> early, bro. Shit. I peaked early. Who needs a Grammy when you broke a ball machine arm? That's fire. <laughs> damn. God damn. They must have been lining up to suck that dick after you did that. <laughs> they let me uh they let me take the arm home. Yeah, it's true. It's they just like- sitting on my mantle. <laughs> <laughs> they let me take Ladies, ladies, the line forms to the left. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yo, you that's guys me. gotta calm down. You guys gotta calm down. I'll be here for a while. You guys gotta calm down. I want to hit the batting cages. We got one over in Burbank. Oh, wait. What's it? It's the Bat Cave? Yeah, the Bat Cave. Oh, I've been I've been in the Bat Cave. I've made a few records. I know you've been there. I've blown Damn. off some steam there in between uh sure. in between takes. I like that I, I like I like that you're leaving the studio. You're not going to buy, you know, you're not going to buy drugs. You're not even hitting the liquor store. Guys, I can't. I need a second. I got to hit the batting cages. You guys work on that part. I I just can't be here right now. Yeah, you just turn off all the noise with the crack of that bat. <laughs> yeah i travel with oh, my brother. own you know i had I like a wooden Louisville no you don't no do you know you don't of course bro 100 does, does it have your name on it you know what katie got me uh one that says sundowner for like my album release she, that's like, sick that's yeah. very cute i like that a lot that's nice she went to uh the the factory in louisville and she she got it made for me thank you katie that's a bay right there i guess touring does have its benefits you can hit the louisville other otherwise you know kentucky ain't really on my list of places to stop but mm. you got a couple hours to kill before sound check i'm gonna go get bay his own bat i like that well so what do you think it is chris that because you grew up in atlanta so you grew up in you know one of these b markets so atlanta's a pretty big city it is that's it almost, is now like borderline a thanks to me where do you think your fear of these these smaller cities that might not oh, have I'm as just, much to offer it's 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 not a fear i actually i i find it kind of nice to go for a couple days like we went to we we made a coffee with uh a roaster in indiana and we went to indianapolis for the weekend and we both had a great time, but after you know thirty six hours, it's like all right, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, it's good to you. You kind of need a fixer there, just like you know if you're Bourdain going to wherever. It's like <laughs> if you don't have the local guy who knows all the spots or gal, you know you might have a c- couple strikeouts. Not to use a baseball term, but 
You know, you got a good. You're like, here's the here's the five sick places to go to in Indianapolis. We're gonna go to all of them, and, and you're ready to go. I mean, I think I'm sure. Look, I would love to come to Kansas City and hit the court with you. We go to a couple of restaurants, and I turn that plane back around and go to LAX. I'm sure it'd be great. <laughs> But it's actually, you know, I think that, I think that keep it running, yeah, keep it running, keep it running. Delta. But I would say that the Midwest is is my least. Expo- I've been to Oklahoma City, I had a good time there. I, I'm that's my least explored region. You know, I've been most places in the South. I've been to Florida a lot. I, you know, I, I haven't spent much time in the Midwest. Is, is Kansas City the highlight? And I know you're biased, but you can be honest with us. So this might also be biased because I did grow up in Oklahoma City as well as Kansas City. I spent sort of the same amount of time in both but i was younger in oklahoma city but katie and i went to see one of those flaming lips bubble shows yeah um earlier this year and we had the best time in that town and i'm actually reading a book about it right now called boomtown you probably heard of this book yeah you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Talking about? yeah i do know what you're talking about i do i have a good friend that's from there and i went was that a killer's album that don't don't come for the killers jason not again my bad not my uh, favorite is that a band killers record? that's funny i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like it. It sounds like it. That's that's funny. This old boom town. I made Jason. I made. I look. I love the Killers, and I made Jason listen to Sam's Town. It's one of my favorite albums, and um, he's been making these little jokes ever since. <laughs> and it was just a couple days ago. So hopefully he gets tired soon. You know. Mm-mm. No, I'm good. Maybe he'll get worn out. I can, I can go Killers rounds, baby. Um, the Killer. That's funny. Well, I, Oklahoma City is great. I had an amazing time there, and Tulsa as well in recent years. But Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City's great. But you know, you got your Minneapolis, you got your Milwaukee. They're all. They're Milwaukee, all great I've towns. been to. Yeah, Milwaukee, I've been to. Not mad. Not mad. Everybody's fat, but otherwise, it's fine. Yeah, Milwaukee's cool. You do have to have your sort of Bourdain touchstone to show you, you know, show you the cool crevices of the city. Kevin, I'm talking about a. a <laughs> I'm talking about a different kind of fixer. You're talking about pulling up, looking for some crevice. <laughs> you dirty dog. Oh, crevice. I thought you were in a relationship. Kevin, come on, bro. Not <laughs> not on the mic, fam. Come on. No, but I think so. If, bro, these mics are hot. If Jason and I, if Jason and I pulled up in Kansas City, your ass is going to take us to like three used guitar stores and a record store, and I don't even have a fucking CD player. So it's like you know. Well, the whole thing here, I wouldn't take you there. The whole thing here is like jazz in the same way that if you go to like Memphis, it's rock and roll. Jazz is a real big thing. There's a big jazz history and there's still great jazz and there's barbecue. So I'd take you to barbecue and jazz. You'd have a good time. Unfortunately, I'm a vegetarian, but I do. Those are two of the greatest things ever. They got jackfruit. They got jackfruit barbecue, man. Don't you worry. (laughs) Wow. Jackfruit pulled pork. Chris Chris doesn't even like fried okra. Kevin's lived in LA too long. If he's talking about jackfruit, you had to get out, bro. You're referencing jackfruit barbecue. I I got your back though. I, I there's think, like the best jazz club here in Kansas City. I'll take you there. I didn't know that. I, I had no idea that history was. I love did jazz. you know that, Jason? That Kansas City had a jazz history. I truly didn't know that. That's interesting. I, knew, I mean, I knew I knew a little bit, but I didn't know it was such a, a hero feature for that fine town. It's good to know. It is. Charlie Parker's from here, and you know the whole thing is it's it was off the train line from New Orleans to Chicago, so it just sort of naturally became this this jazz town. That's actually really interesting. I had no idea. I don't, I don't think a lot, I feel like a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Now they will. Now they will. Yeah, there you go. J- Jason really loves jazz drumming. He likes a crazy time signature. You know, he really that really gets his. I learned I learned about jazz from Virgil Abloh. That surprises me because you don't like the killers. exactly exactly. It pisses me off that he doesn't have the respect for B flow that that I do. But you know, one day killers have some of the best jazz drumming of all time. Sorry, <laughs> if you if you don't say B flow, <laughs> that was to make you mad. Me, I'm more of a B flat guy. Uh, so boom, boom. so. Uh, 
on this podcast, we we in this old town. we like to ask all of our musician guests about you know where they get their little money from, you know, and and we were we like to know mm-hmm. about your your biggest sink opportunity that you've had, or maybe that oh you've turned that you've turned down. So, which car commercial did you license to, Kevin? Volvo. Vol- did you do Volvo? <laughs> I've been very um fortunate number one to come up in a time where people don't call you sellout if you do those things number two mm-hmm. um to get a lot of those opportunities knock on wood so my biggest sinks have been volvo but then i'll tell you i'll tell you the big one was target australia i like that synced one of my songs it was it's in both cases it was it was this song it was my song harlem river so it was a record i made years ago and you know down the line five five six years later I get these emails saying, you know, Target Australia and Volvo want to sync this song for a bunch of money. And I do it. But then Target Australia, they, they, they redid it like three years in a row. So, and then and at that same time, Victoria's Secret, what? also same song. So I just Damn. buy my parents a house after that. It was a, a you know. You, did, you had a Target commercial running for three years straight? Yeah, only in Australia. It was perfect. We love Harlem River. We want to sink it again. <laughs> you need, That's what they said. Let's, <laughs> let's sink it, man. I love this Kevin Morby guy. He's super cool. That is honestly really, that's that's the perfect, that's like when celebrities used to go do, you know, go do commercials in Japan and no one would see them before YouTube. You know, it's like, that's that's the dream. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it's, it was a little off the beaten path, so people couldn't be like, Man, Kevin Morby really sold out. But no one says that anymore anyways. I there no. I, I read Jeff Tweedy's autobiography. Same. And he mentions that. And it, it's great. And I love the part because he at a time, you know, in the nineties when you can get, you know, people would fucking nail you to the cross for selling a song to a commercial, mm-hmm. he was getting hit with a couple of those. And he has this great quote on it where, you know, he's saying that his dad who would work so hard all day long, same thing with my father. If you told your father who worked all the time, like someone wants to give me, you know, $150,000 to give them my song. And if you didn't do that, it's kind of a fuck you to them in a way. Damn. Mm. I don't disagree. Interesting. I don't disagree. Thank God that that Moby blazed these trails for all of you artists to make all this money sinking music. Thank God for Moby. What's his tea shop called? I forgot about his tea shop. Teeny. Teeny. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in New York. Just down the street here. Great, great spot if you're looking. Damn, Morby with the throwback. He knows. Morby's definitely spent some time on the Lower East Side. Yeah. Morby, I wanted to talk to you. Since you're a road dog, LES, stand up. Send the fuck up. We're going on tour, and since we, you know, you... We do a live podcast, so it's not exactly like a high energy, like there's no... You know, jumping up and down or or mosh pitting at all, and your your live shows and your music is a little more on the somber side of things. Is that safe to say? Yeah, you could say that. Though I like to we we bring a rock show. Yeah, I'm sure you rock out harder for sure. Um, <laughs> what what? How often do you guys do a show where the audience is seated versus standing? That's a great question, Jason. Thanks, baby. Because the, the last. <laughs> <laughs> the last the last tour cycle that I did, we were doing a lot of seated shows. Like we played the Ace Theater in LA. We did Town Hall in New York. We're doing oh, yeah. venues like that because the the sort of vibe of the album, Oh My God, which Chris, Chris, you said you missed. I missed. Which, you know, I'll revisit. You can come Don't anytime. You, <laughs> you can revisit anytime. <laughs> the door's open. But we were doing seated <laughs> shows, and it's funny. I, I really enjoy them. It's it's nice. But I think as an artist, you're always like you grow up watching these Bob Dylan documentaries and you know, these, these sort of seated theater, beautiful concert halls. And you think, Oh, I want to play those. But it's, when you get to those, you got to be prepared. Katie just did this. Cause she just played at a church in LA. You you're so used to feeding off the crowd's energy, but if people are seated, you know, they're going to act like they're in church and they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be quiet and they can't really, you know, they can't like dance around. 
So mm. you gotta, as an mm. artist, be be willing to to think, oh, that's that's what comes with this territory is people aren't jumping around and it's not sort of this uh, reciprocating kinetic energy. So I like mm-hmm. playing shows like that, but I was a little blindsided by like, oh, maybe I do want to go back to a club where I can really feel feel the audience. But those rooms are the most beautiful rooms, and it's it's nice as an artist to be able to go in there and think, how you know, how the hell are they let me perform here tonight? No, I, I mean I remember when I would go to some shows back in the day, and I would be like, like I, I went and saw Sigur Rós play, mm-hmm. and I was like, thank God I'm in a chair because like you know I'm a fan of the music, fan of the show, but you know two hours standing for this that would be know, tough. I might I might get a little sleepy. When you when you're looking out into the crowd, you're performing. You're making a little eye contact with somebody. Maybe Do, have you ever seen somebody visibly crying? Yes, yes, that has happened. Hell yeah! What's that feel like? It feels like you know. It's funny. I just saw this at Katie's show because I went to visit her in Austin, and I saw a woman crying like front row center with her boyfriend. They knew every word, and halfway through the show, the woman who was crying. I then noticed was just grabbing her boyfriend's ass with both hands. She's like crying while grabbing the ass. It was like a wild vibe. What the fuck? The wild vibe, like crying, singing, but then it was getting real sexual between her and her boyfriend. But um, whoa. I guess it. De- I guess it depends. I've had a few shows. There's one show I played in Sweden a couple years ago, and the woman broke down where I had to stop the show. She was right in the front, and she started to kind of keel over while bawling. And I thought maybe something was wrong, but then she was just saying, "I, I like this song so much." keep playing keep playing but it was it was like she was in pain <laughs> at at how hard she was crying what um the fuck? but there's oh shit that one it was i was scared i was scared for a moment um but you know yeah, I, like do we do we need to get you taken out on a stretcher or something like that exactly that was what i was thinking like is she is like a bad stomach pain or what's going on mm-hmm. um, but then also you're like mm, still got it <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> usually if you can move someone to tears it's flattering it's you this know motherfucker very, can't even stand up whenever i play it's very it's the knees start to buckle I, yeah we, they start we to could, buckle they we start could to, move go down we could probably move someone <laughs> to tears on tour Jason, we got another one but it would just be we would just have to be really mean so it wouldn't kind of be the same effect. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, and then at the end of the day, you could just say, well, it's all in it's all in rock and roll or you know, comedy. It's all in podcast. It's all in potting. It's all in potting. <laughs> exactly. That'd go over really well. It's all in potting. Yeah, we'll be like, all right, show of hands. Anyone just lose a family member? <laughs> and then when somebody raises their hand, we'll just really kind of double down on that. You could, if, you're, if your goal is to make someone cry, you can maybe get there that way. Do you ever think, uh-huh. you know, I had a thing a couple years ago, speaking of Harlem River, people are real serious about the song. They want a license to commercials, and then there's a guy like, in this town, I was playing in, in Bergen, Norway, and it was, the, it was the first tour I've ever done completely sober. I was like, I'm going to go out there, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink at all. And mm-hmm. so I was on stage just like, just, just, just me. blind sober on stage, and a guy said a thing from the crowd, he said... He was like this, this big Nor- Norwegian man. He's huge. And he he was like, he kept being like, play Harlem River, play Harlem River. And it, it's kind of in like a sinister way, not in a like celebratory, like play my favorite song, but like <laughs> play the fucking song, motherfucker. It was a bit menacing. It was menacing. And I really was like noticing this guy and I could tell other people in the audience were too. But then at a certain point in between songs, he yells out, he goes, if you don't play Harlem River, I'm following you out, out of here tonight. <laughs> and it was so threatening it was terrifying i got so i got so pissed and i was on this long tour i was exhausted and i was like just you know up there just just completely sober just raw dogging it and i was like mm-hmm. i was like uh you guys are bring, you guys are bringing out a different side of an interviewer with me uh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. uh but welcome home brother welcome home <laughs> but i was like i was like you got to apologize you got to apologize to me 
or I'm not gonna, uh, or it's like, or you gotta, or you gotta leave, and I'm gonna play Harlem River, but you won't be able to watch it unless you apologize to me. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Ooh. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. And he was like, I'm not gonna apologize. Play the song. <laughs> and shit. I was like, I'm gonna play the song. You have a chance, and it's up to you. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Jason. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. a choice to watch the song or not. And he he got up on stage and he started to come after me. And then two guys, two bouncers, jumped up and threw him out. But my what fear was, fuck? I went out that night. And so here's what I want to ask you guys: because mm, mm, mm. you guys, I could see you offending someone. Um, <laughs> but if you go out and you hit mm-hmm. the town after the show. How much fears with you that you might run into that person that you offended and have to? Because there, there's no bouncers. Well, I guess there would be a bouncer, but they're not going to necessarily work in your favor. <laughs> I'll I'll beat somebody's ass. I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm ready. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's a fucking Viking in on in Oslo? Yeah, a literal Viking, like a Norwegian dude who can I kill mean, you. Look, I, I, the story's good <laughs> either way. Like. I get my ass kicked by a fan or I kick a fan's ass. It's fine. Either way, we, we, we win because we have more content to talk about. And Jason, I'm <laughs> Kevin. I am sober. So I'll be of right mind to fight. Jason's going to be drunk anyway and be no help. So it's, it's me versus the world. I will say this guy was completely wasted. I was blind sober. This guy was, this guy was blind drunk. And I did have that thought, even though he's 300 pounds and ripped. I could probably just like yeah. in the center of his forehead, give him a tap and he'd fall over. You could do a little, like he'll take a big crazy swing at you, easy to miss, kick him in the nuts, run away, <laughs> and you'll live to fight another day. That's good. Live to fight another day. I would, even though you narrowly escaped your life being ended by this guy, that's something that I would I would just think about for the rest of the week on tour. Just like, this guy loves this song so much. He probably knows every word and he needed you to play it for some type of emotional release. So much to the point that he was willing to run on stage to physically attack you and force you to play the song. <laughs> but what is going? What is going through this Viking's mind? I, who knows? I, I mean, besides just alcohol, 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 just sur- <laughs> surging through alcohol. him. You know that reminds me when we when we were uh, Chris and I went and saw Big Thief play a, a couple months ago now, and it was the first show that that we had been to. You know, post COVID quarantine shit. And the whole, well, like we were talking about how like the whole crowd was like very uh, attentive and appreciative. Nobody had their cell phones out. Nobody's taking pics. No one was filming. And mm-hmm. we're like, the vibes are so good. But then there is this giant guy, not a scary guy, but he was a super fan. And between every single song, he would yell something out in like a Will Ferrell kind of tone. Oh, God. And he would just be like, your music changed my life. I, I hated him. <laughs> those, God bless those people, man. Between every single song, so it'd be pitch quiet. Like just they just uh. finished a you know a slow acoustic tune. Everyone claps respectively, and then this guy just yells something. See, I have little patience. Between every single and the the band did nothing, and I was I was like, somebody needs to get this guy to fucking stop. Yeah, like, what do you do? I have little patience for those people because I feel unless like I feel like those people are making the show about themselves. It's like, they yeah. changed many people's lives in that room, I'm sure. But this one guy feels the need. You know, that's funny. That reminds me of, a, yeah, exactly. There you go. And you're not saying, look at me. My life was changed. Mm-hmm. You, you're trying to be a part of the collective whole in that this band changed our life. That's why we were here. And I, I have little patience for people like that because they're, st- they're, they're taking the thunder away from the band as well. It's like, it's actually, it's like, People want to pay attention to the band, not some fucking psycho. And when someone is yelling something like that, mm-hmm. you're afraid, like, what are they going to do next? Yeah. It's funny. I-, I saw Big Thief. I've had a couple of moments of seeing female-fronted bands where I'm around audience members, and I can't believe 
some of the shit I hear. One of them was Big Thief, and I remember they were playing at Brooklyn Steel. They were killing it. They're an amazing band. And they were killing it, and there was two dudes behind me, and Adrian's microphone started to glitch or something. I don't know what was happening, but these guys started to be like, oh, man, she, uh, you know, uh, whoever's doing the, the audio or, or, or her microphone's not right for this venue. Or, like, they started talking as if, like, they could dissect this problem that obviously <laughs> was just... You know, it was like a real, oh, this is why, you know, they had this whole thing. But the worst was one time I was behind Katie when we first started dating. We we're in Dallas. I was behind Katie and I could not believe this took place. But I was standing behind these two dudes. They kind of had this vibe of like, 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 like the, the guys from Office Space, you know, the movie Office Space, sort of like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> out after having worked in an office like that all night. And they had red solo cups and they were drinking their cocktails. And, and one guy said, to the other guy you know i didn't think so until i saw her in real life but i'd fuck her and then they cheers <laughs> and they cheers and i'm right I'm, I'm i'm katie's boyfriend i'm right behind these guys it is so terrible it's so horrific did you say something but i guess i i didn't say anything i was like i told katie i you know i'm telling you guys now You're like bro i'm tapping that i'm trapping that right now baby oh, and, well. you, and you just do a little cheers well, with the red solo oh well uh <laughs> I certainly did not do that. <laughs> okay. We're two different kinds of guys. Let's chill. We could still be bros. That is rough to hear, though. I mean, I'm not surprised, but also... That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Well, so there's those guys, but then there's also the guys who are, are going to say, this band changed my life. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at how important I am that this band changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> how do you tell these super fans... How do you tell these super fans who love you to stop you know if best case scenario they're doing it right at the front of the stage you can kind of go off mic and be like stop mm, like i'm mm-hmm. glad you're having a good time but stop it made me want to be a manager and to be like you like i gotta go over there i i was gonna go back ba- i was gonna go ear. bounce that loser myself i was gonna go bounce that loser myself a tour manager will you know a good tour manager will will dissect a problem like that they'll see it happening and they'll mm-hmm. they'll go shut someone up but Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a weird thing live music because it's you're in public people forget you're in public they think because you're in a venue and yeah because you have this certain relationship and connection to yeah to the band that it's it's sort of for you and only you um so people will will people will misbehave people will misbehave at shows often and it's 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 always a it's a crazy thing to have to deal with there's a thing one time i played the troubadour and it was an interesting thing because this kid started to mosh, you know, and this kid's relationship to my music was Kevin Morby's this rock and roller and I love his rock and roll music. And he started to mosh. And then in between songs, I could tell people weren't getting along with this kid. And then a woman said, this kid just pushed me. Yeah. And suddenly I'm exhausted. My parents are there. There's some drama going on, like in, in my little band world, we're all trying to get along. And then suddenly I'm like a, I'm like a counselor and I had to be like, you know, I think this kid is just expressing himself, but also please don't push this woman. And the a bouncer came and got him just kind of right away. And but you know, the kid I was like, he's not doing anything inherently wrong. I think like he wasn't trying to be violent. He's just he's just yeah, excited to yeah, see the show. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the troubadour actually handled it in a cool way. The troubadour took him out and they they let they let him calm down. I think they're like, drink some water up here at the bar. We're gonna keep an eye on you and you can go back in and watch the band in a little bit. So then he came back in later in the show and he kind of had this big triumphant return and the whole crowd was so aware, like, oh my God, that kid's back. And the crowd went silent in between songs and it was kind of this like, are you going to act cool? And I just remember this kid put his arms up in the air and he said, 
I, I don't know why he yelled this, but he just goes, I have $4 in my bank account. And everyone laughed. <laughs> and and uh, he kind of won the crowd over. He was a sweetheart. And then he, he danced. Mm-hmm. He danced, uh, you know, in a, a respectable way for the rest of the show. And um, But it's hard because me as the, 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 lead, the lead person, you know, I'm, I'm steering the ship. I have to somehow – I don't have like a, a degree in how to – help you know calm a situation down but but i have to try i get it i get it i'm the i'm the leader of this band and i have to fucking i have to keep him on track and the fans on track so i can relate quite a lot to you thank you chris yeah i I smear my feces on the wall and he has to clean it i just wanted you to know kevin that you're you're seen and you're heard and we really appreciated you joining us on how long gone today thanks for having me it was um it was great. It was, it, was, it was exactly what you expected, great, I'm sure. Kevin, Kevin when does the tour exactly. with uh, Hamilton start? Uh, when does it start? In like a week. If the first show's Richmond. Ticket sales are not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond. Richmond fans, if you're listening. Let's get, the, let's sure get these go, counts uh, up for Morby. And, 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 come on, man. This guy's got two houses. You know what I mean? He's trying to build a sweet green. Like This is not cheap. I've never had good turnouts in Richmond, but the next night's in like some other town in North Carolina an hour away, and that show's selling really well, but Richmond's going to be more like, I guess, like a nice practice in a big theater with no one in it. But, you know, it's COVID time, so, <laughs> yeah, so who cares? Blame it on COVID. Well, mm-hmm. we'll hopefully, if we're in the same city at the same time, I would love to come check out the show, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. You know what? I'd, I, I'd rather we just hit the courts. Okay, bro. I don't need to watch you play guitar. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick your ass at tennis. That's whatever you want, man. It's Look, your- Kevin, if you don't if you don't want to open for us, that's fine. <laughs> we can play a game of tennis. It's Where are you guys good. at? Bowery? Two Bowery's? Ba- yeah, Bowery, Bowery Ballroom. We decided not just to one, do... Just we one, just one night? We decided not to do two, one, actually, because I want to come so you, back. You guys are... <laughs> we were offered a, a two nighter at the at the Bowery Ballroom, but we said, oh, I don't know. You know, you you always wonder like we're, we're going to sell this one out, and then show number two is going to do seventeen tickets. Seventeen, I understand, man. Well, you know, when you can come do two or three nights, we'll talk about maybe joining a bill. But I'm just kidding. Okay, I saw the New York profile. You guys are rising. It's I think great. I think it would be nice. I think we should do a show together in the future. We like to we like to link up with bands, you know, and it's a fun night of it's a variety show for the fans. Yeah, if you want to bring us out to to get Richmond kind of filled yeah, out, we'll warm we'll warm know. up the crowd for you. You <laughs> know, in, any time. You let us know. It's I'm no gonna problem. I'm going to fly you guys in. I'm going to say they have a strict B market. They can only be here for no longer than 24 <laughs> hours. But if we get them in at the right time. Mm-hmm. Look, man, we'll come to San Diego. Just let us know. Jason has a Tesla. It's fine. Um, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Please, you, you saw where to send the file. I'll send it to the all chat. Right, I'll, send the, I'll send the Well, okay, I'll send the file. I'll email to you. Make sure you get the email address because when I close the window, it's going to go away. You know what I mean? Email it to me because I'm, I'm, I'm recording on a computer and I'm looking at you guys on my phone. What's your password? I think <laughs> not telling. <laughs> You're not gonna tell me. Okay, I'm not telling. <laughs> I'm not telling, bro. Okay, I just sent you an email, and you just respond to that with this file, so Jason can edit it. It will be up tomorrow. We're gonna sell a shitload of tickets for you, Kevin Morby. Thank you for joining us. All right, bye, guys. It goes bum 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 ba bum bum bum. Brother, where are we going? Oh, sister, like you don't know. 
Bum, 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 bum,